What an yeah. awesome intro. Damn, that's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get you the, get the, the feels yeah. of adventure. That's right, the <laughs> sense the sense of adventure. I blew it. During the intro, I was like, God damn it. I should have ran and grabbed my sword. I should have grabbed my sword, <laughs> represented, held it up. I have the power. That's right. <laughs> what is you have going a He-Man, on? You have a He-Man sword? You have one of no, those? No, no. I just like doing that. I just yeah. randomly do that. I'll grab a fork or a yeah. butter knife in the kitchen, and I'll just do that. You know? Because yeah, I represent old, old school there. What is going on? It's your boy, Preston, Fat Samurai Guy, back again with another awesome guest today. That's right. Filmmaker, writer, comedian. He has done it all. Chris Mancini. Welcome back, brother. Great to be here, buddy. Always fun. I know we're going to do a deep dive into fantasy and movies, and I'm always up for it. And uh, I always try to see if I could count how many figures are behind you. I'm like, I always, you know, get to about 200, then I stop. So <laughs> I think we've stopped, too. We don't yeah. We were, we were doing, like, a little bit of a bootleg spring cleaning, uh, you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the other day. And I was just like, how many Funko Pops do we have? I don't yeah. even know. I just <laughs> lost count. Finding Funko Pops we didn't even own, like behind <laughs> couches and shit. We're like, trying to oh, flee. we didn't know. We, yeah, didn't even know we bought this. You know, <laughs> oh my goodness. But it's good to see you, and you look great, brother. Thanks. I'm, Thanks. You know, I'm happy. I'm happy you are healthy, and you know you're yes feeling better. That's what's important. Yep. Yep. Had a little bit of uh, an accident off of an e-bike and ended up getting multiple hip surgeries. So I've been uh, kind of incapacitated for a while. So it's good to be upright. And doing better, and yes. uh, able to uh, do interviews again. So this is were you, uh, were you trying? Great. Were you trying to reenact uh, Tom Cruise's stunts from the the last Mission Impossible movie? I was on talking? an e bike, which doesn't have enough power for that. So you know, <laughs> le- lesson learned. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad you. Well, you look good. You look like nothing happened to you. So I'm yeah. glad. You know, Chris is on the road to recovery, yeah. baby. Uh, on That's the right. mend, yes. On the mend, yes. So, and uh, yes, thank you, my, everybody uh, watching right now. So got, oh, what do you got? got? Got my cane. If you can uh, barely see it. Yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Try to get it. There, oh, yeah. there. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah Sadly there. enough, you know, my wife bought me the cane. I'm like, well, does it turn into a sword, or is there a gun inside? What? Come on. What? You can't just be a cane. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me to it, man. I was like, yeah. you got, you got daredevil capabilities. Yeah. Something. Whip it out, so, some nunchucks, yeah. <laughs> Zatoichi cane sword. I thought we were rolling with there. Uh, but it's good to have you back here on the channel, man. And we're talking fantasy today. That's right. And, uh, you know, like I've said before, Chris, you are family. You're a family yes. here. That's right. We are brothers. <laughs> Why? Because uh, you are, you know, you are a connoisseur like me of the action and martial arts genre. That's right. Absolutely. That's right, and I got my copy of Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, and I can't wait for more. But we're switching it up because today is Fantasy Day. That's right. Yep. Look at this. Look at this thick bad boy right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what it's all about. You know, when digital comics, when that was like the trend, when that came out, what did you think about the digital comics spectrum? Were you all you for know, it, or were you abs- kind of like? Here's the thing. I, I was always all for it, but I never saw it as replacing 
hard mm. copy comics, I felt like it's like another tool. And uh, one of the yeah. things, too, is it's like they're easier to get. Like, you don't have to show up at your comic book store and you're, you get issues one, three, and five, you know, where, whereas digital, you can yeah. always kind of get what you want. And uh, I like kind of having it backlit on a tablet. Sometimes the art is even easier to see and enjoy. Uh, yeah. Whereas there's nothing still like holding a, a solid physical book in your hand. So I feel like, you know, th- this whole either or thing, I think, misses the point. It's like, enjoy the medium. We right. want to tell stories. Enjoy the story the way you want to enjoy it, and I'm perfectly yeah. fine if that's digital or a hard copy. That's why, you know, when we ever do Kickstarters, we always offer both because we tried to do a digital once, and it fell flat because people really, you know, at least half the people, probably closer to 70%, want the physical copy signed and in their hand. Right, right. Well, it is a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful mm-hmm. thing. You know, you can hold it in your hand. You can smack somebody upside the head yeah. with it. Kill you know? flies, so all yeah, sorts of kill, stuff. Yeah, kill flies, hold it up in the kitchen, say, you know, I've yeah. got, I, I have the power. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, digital is, you know, I get it. I totally get, um, you know, uh, the convenience of it, you know. Like my buddy of mine, when he was getting into digital comics, when it was like the new thing, he was like, hey, man, I can download the entire, what was it? <laughs> Marvel Zombies. Yep. The entire <laughs> Marvel Zombies saga. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I get it, but uh, it is nice. There's nothing like holding in your hand. And uh, we're talking long ago and far away, one of the most entertaining, action-packed, and most importantly, hilarious yes. graphic novels uh, <laughs> I've read in a long time. I'm telling you, Chris has got, cool. Thank got you. Samurai Guy reading graphic novels again. I thought I was done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <but laughs> I, I dragged to, you I back in. I, you, dra- <laughs> you dragged me back in. I thought I was out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, love the artwork. Very fun, but just really hilarious. It's just a lot of a lot of fun. But we're gonna get to the the next chapter a little bit later. But first off, you know what we love doing here? We love talking movies. Absolutely, That's what the Chanel is all about. <laughs> Chris, what have you seen? We're gonna get to the fantasy list in a second. Yeah. What have you seen recently that you enjoyed? There's a, you know, because I've been um, recovering and convalescing, I've actually watched a fair amount of things. Uh, But one of the things I I did was to really um, kind of pass the time and catch up as I revisited uh, all of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. Because even with the extended editions, I'm like, okay, well, each one is between two and four and a half hours long. This will take me a while to get through. So I watched yeah. them in order. I watched the first three Hobbits. Then I watched Lord of the Rings, like not in shoot order, in chronological order, you know, because obviously Lord of the Rings right. came first. And I got to say, it, they do hold up as far as like classic fantasy, elves, dwarves, missions, you know, see, you know, secret quests and you yeah. know, magic yeah. artifacts. It's like Tolkien. You know, he just nailed it as far as like kind of setting the groundwork for a lot of what modern fantasy is. And Peter Jackson really kind of channeled that traditional um, fantasy and then just kind of moved it forward into a modern age. I'm sure Tolkien, if he would have survived, if he would have lived longer, he would have loved the uh, the films. I mean, I thought they were they were really good. And I was worried. I was like, well, are these going to hold up? Is the, the effects, is the dragon not going to look cool? No. I, I You know, of course, it, it might be the uh, painkillers saying this, but I thought everything was great. <laughs> it, it held up. Smaug. Awesome. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> good old Smaug. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's just, per- that's just perfect. Fantasy talk, and you're kicking it off. Mm-hmm. With Lord of the Rings, you know, it's hard to, 
even if you're not a fan of Lord of the Rings, everybody likes things that are different. You know, they, you know, yeah. like sometimes they'll branch out and try something different or they stick with what's comfortable. And fantasy is not for everyone all the time. Um, but um, I have a lot of friends that they're, they've seen all three Lord of the Rings movies and they're not, fantasy is not their go to, like their right. number one, right? They'll mm-hmm. go to like martial arts, action, horror, and mm-hmm. then fantasy or whatever, right? Sci fi, then fantasy. Mm-hmm. But their the, fantasy is not their go-to. But even they are like, dude, this is like, this is not my thing. It's not really my thing. But mm-hmm. this is like, I can't argue with when people say this is like one of the best trilogies, movie sure. trilogies, the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. trilogy, you know, trilogy is like ever. Yeah, totally. And I, I I still say to this day, good luck with you know with them trying to remake and do start a brand new trilogy like. I don't know what's planning. going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the the main story's been told, and it's been told in a way that I don't know how you're going to improve upon it. Now, the Tolkien um, legacy and all of these other books, there's still a lot of like rich history. Like uh, it's being kind of explored in the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon, mm. which is it, it's okay. I can't yeah. I can't say it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's okay. Uh, it definitely kept me watching. I, I was really yeah. intrigued by some of the. Uh, uh, parts of but what I did do it made me curious to actually read about Numenor that island city that like fell into the ocean mm. and uh, I started reading the books but the thing is it's like uh, it's a lot of fragments because Tolkien never finished a lot of these stories so right, you know you've got right. this love story you've got what happened to the um, this the city of like these men that would, would wouldn't age and men and women who wouldn't age but they were still jealous of the elves immortality mm. and yeah. Sauron uh, and played into that and corrupted them and made them make help them make the rings and then also sent them against the elves because they thought they're hiding the immortality from you and then uh, like there's a lot of like cool stuff in there that hasn't made it to the show yet so I'm thinking well oh. maybe this will be season two because there's actually a lot of interesting lore and how Sauron was actually just a regular guy at one point and he was kind of seductive and then you know all hell broke loose and yeah. the elf said yeah you shouldn't really be here um, we're going to destroy your entire island now nope. well done oh, so, shit. oh so, shit done fucked so thing, up yeah yeah so, <laughs> and, and you know you get little glimpses of that in uh, when I rewatched Lord of the Rings like uh, Aragorn he mentioned like he was you know a descendant from Numenor and how you know, he was like 80 years old and yeah. uh, like it it didn't click the first time. But like when you have like kind of a little more of that background, it becomes a fun Easter egg as you rewatch these movies and see like there's right. little hints to like the appendices and all of these other stories that uh, Tolkien alluded to. But I, I don't know how Amazon makes a deal and says they're going to give we're going to give you 250 million for the rights, but only for this small part of the rights. I mean, they don't have the rights to any of like the big stories. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, negotiate better. Uh, so for right, 250 right. million dollars. Uh, that's before a, f- a frame of film has been shot. Uh, so, right. uh, but, you know, I, I, I want to see more uh, Lord of the Rings, but I want to see it done well. I just don't want to see, you, you know, rehatch. I mean, that's, you know, you get into the superhero stuff. It's like, I can't watch the Flashpoint uh, Paradox again in any form, in, uh, right. in the book, in the movies, in animation. We've seen it about five times now. It, it's, yeah, th- so. There's other stories. Let's see different right. things. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. You got Brian Sanchez in the house. What's going on, Brian? He's throwing it up. Thumbs up. Throwing it up. Awesome. Hey, Brian. Metal horns up. Uh, Representing. Uh, but, yeah, I think last time we mentioned, uh, last time you were here, you kind of, you were like, Talking about briefly the Lord of the Rings series, and you were kind of like, yeah. eh. like, yeah. you like you like some some stuff, but you were kind of yeah, like, yeah, eh. yeah, 
because here's the thing is going in as a fan like you already want to like it so your predisposition is to like it even if it's mediocre so you know right. if it if it goes too far you know off track you're like mm, uh, this i don't know if this is where i would like things to be uh right. but the you know the source material is there there's some great stories i just like to see them actually implement so most likely it'll be season two but yeah there was there was a fair amount of like misfires on the show but it was uh, let me put it this way it was now in the land of streaming where you know there's so much to watch you don't have to finish a, a season right. i did still finish the season i was really interested and it did pick up towards the end but uh okay. you know you want definitely wanted more i think it's for you know the people that really like lord of the rings that are a bit more forgiving that's who the show is for <laughs> gotcha gotcha uh you got the six sumo saying all peter jackson's extended cuts is the only way to watch totally totally yeah, absolutely yeah. so I mean, how that, do you how do you well, honestly gonna... feel about the Hobbit trilogy? You know what? The Hobbit trilogy, I, watching it again, it's definitely bloated because that was a very smaller book that got extended into three uh, movies. Yeah. Now, it, it did go into like some of the other stories and the appendices and stuff, but I felt like that was part cash grab for sure. Even yeah, though yeah. I, I liked them, they were good. That could have easily been um, two movies. Uh, you didn't right. really need to stretch it onto three. I mean, I went old school too. Then I uh, I watched the animated Rankin Bass oh, or, uh, oh. uh, Hobbit from the seventies, and I'm like, no, I just <laughs> want to watch this one again too. And it's amazing how they like did the entire Hobbit story in about like seventy eighty minutes. And uh, yeah. did <laughs> they you do really the other ones? Along. Yeah. Did you do no. the other animated movies? Oh. Dude, they they are hard to find. Like really? Uh, yeah. There there's one. I don't even think know if people know this. There's a Ralph Bakshi one like a Lord of the Rings where it goes from like, uh, I think the first two books, of Lord of the Rings. And then there's an animated one after that called return of the King that kind of caps it off. But right. he does this weird rotoscoping shit, like yeah. in the animation. And That's it, the it's one like, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's super trippy because it was so expensive. He reuses footage over and over. So it almost looks like your brain is in a loop because you're watching the say some of the same motions over and over. Yeah. It's it's just this weird trip, and they're they're those two are harder to find. Like the Hobbit animated is easier to find, but Lord yeah. of the Rings animate or Return of the King animated and the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings are harder to find. But you know, for as far as like as you know, film historians like we are, uh, Preston, you know, you you really want to uh, <laughs> enjoy and uh, uh, go into that archive sometimes to really appreciate yeah. what came before. I just want an excuse to sing "Where There's a Whip, There's a Way" song. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, <laughs> I, I never yeah. forgot it, man. Where there's a whip, there's a way. Yeah. Where there's a whip, yeah. Where's a way? That's you know, like you know, there's the going to great... be that stuff in all of the Rankin Bass animation. These weird songs. <laughs> well, that one had a good groove to it, man. There you yeah, go. yeah. That's it. My, my new alarm to get up in the morning. <laughs> Make it a ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris is calling me. Well, what, what do we got going on now? Oh my god! Well, that's that's awesome, man. So that took about a week, huh? Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I think Return of the King was literally. I mean, I'm not even exaggerating. I think that one was the extended cut was about four and a half hours. So it was a really great thing to kind of go in and out of while I was kind of recovering on the couch. So yeah, really fun. Nice. Uh, do you have a personal favorite out of each trilogy? You know, I am such a huge fan of dragons, so I really loved, like, the smog stuff in, in The Hobbit. I think what I really liked that Peter Jackson did is, it, because the book is a little thinner and doesn't go into as much depth, 
yeah. in the movies, he gave the dwarves more personality and made them more of like kind of a displaced people. And uh, like in, you know, the book and even like in the first animated movie, obviously, they were just kind of like it was Bilbo's story, but it was more like the elves, the dwarves were like window dressing, just kind of along for the ride. But yeah, they, uh, Peter Jackson gave them kind of their own story, their own arc, and it, it really kind of fleshed out the uh, the story a little bit more. So that stuff I really liked when he kind of added details and fleshed things out. It's just, you know, there was these whole hours in the lake town that could have easily been um, taken out. Uh, yeah. But the dragon stuff, all super cool. And then, you know, the Battle of the Five Armies was just freaking, you know, unbelievable. It's War. like just to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was like watching like Black Hawk Down on a fantasy battlefield. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I enjoy all three of the, the original uh, Lord of the Rings movies. It's interesting mm-hmm. because everyone, it's like, it's weird. The Lord of the Rings trilogy is being, is sometimes treated, I feel, like the Indiana Jones trilogy. There, no other Indiana Jones movies exist, so. The Indiana Jones Fair trilogy, enough. yeah, the Indiana Jones trilogy, where pretty much for the most part, everyone says the first one's the best, but the third one people like that more. They watch that more. They enjoy one and three the most, but it's like one in the middle that is not as many people's favorites. You know, like Temple of Doom, which I I, I still love. I grew up with it. God damn it, right. I'm gonna love it. Right. <laughs> so, but I I feel like Two Towers is great. Two Towers is fantastic. It's, I mean, I, I mean that whole trilogy. Really like, good. He, really, he really knew where to break things up. Too. I mean, the Battle of Helm's Deep wasn't even that big in the uh, in the books, but you know, he expanded it and made it just like this great epic battle. And it was even uh, to the point where it's like, well, no, there's there's more to come. There's still another movie. You're going to get a yeah. lot more, and it's going to get even crazier. So, um, I, I really felt like you know that was definitely the Empire Strikes Back version of uh, yeah. <laughs> you know Lord of the Rings when you yeah, get the, the darkest, the the leaving yeah. you open at the end. Yeah, what's going to happen? How the, I love how it ends with Gollum, you know, talking shit yeah. and like, follow me. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't have my Gollum juice that uh, <laughs> what you call kept drinking to do it. Uh, but that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, let's keep it. Uh, let's keep it fantasy here. I, I brought up a list. I can't show the list because they're showing footage of the movie. <laughs> but this <laughs> random list I found from Collider says twelve best fantasy movies from the nineteen eighties. Everyone should check out. Oh, and, uh, I think I, I think I know what's on the list. But go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Right. 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 All right. So uh, number twelve, and uh, give me your thoughts on each movie when I name them out here. Yes. Number number twelve. 1985's Legend. Ah, Legend. I remember Legend. Legend was one of those weird movies with Tom Cruise that had absolutely unbelievably mesmerizing production design, costumes, and, like, this weird soundtrack from Tangerine Dream. Like, it was super, like, 80s synth fantasy pop. And uh, the story and, like, the actual movie isn't great, but... It's so many other things are hitting on all cylinders. Like, you know, Tim Curry is this creepy demon and it just it's it's worth a look. It really just kind of does that thing that fantasy does that kind of takes you into this other world, even though, you know, story's not great, but it's worth yeah. a look for sure. It's like whisper thin story. Like, yes, it's like, <laughs> it's like super thin. Um, have you ever seen the extended version with the Jerry Goldsmith score? I don't think I have, actually. Yeah. If you ever get around to that, I would love to hear your mm-hmm. thoughts on that. Because they changed the score on the extended version? The, the original score was Jerry Goldsmith. Oh, but wow. the Ridley Scott was seeing the audience reaction. It was like mm-hmm. too sweet. Oh, like too fantasy, too sweet. And he was like, mm-hmm. 
the people were kind of rolling their eyes. So that's why they went with the darker tangerine yeah. dream synth pop. Yeah. And John uh, Anderson, thing. yeah, was singing like yeah. a song at the end. I mean, that that's even also we're talking about stuff that's hard to find. I, I would uh, challenge anyone to try to find that soundtrack intact somewhere. <laughs> Which one? The uh, the soundtrack to uh, Legend, because I remember buying that on cassette. Uh, you know, when I was younger, oh, I don't, I oh can't imagine how hard that would be to find yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, Jerry Goldsmith's a legend. I mean, yeah. No pun intended, but his score is beautiful. Yeah. But it just it was like, it. I don't know, man. It was weird. Like it, mm. it was this kind of like there was even a part. You know, the part where she reaches out. The, the female in the movie, the, the princess, she reaches mm-hmm. out to, to the horse, right? The unicorn. Yeah, right. Well, she sings. <laughs> yeah. She sings in that one, and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it is the hits. No. No. Oh, now you know, I'm super curious. Now I want to see it. it. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> I think the Blu-ray 4K slash 4K has both versions, so oh, okay. you can watch both versions on there. Awesome. The good news is um, the other extended scenes are pretty good, man. Oh really? Like, yeah, okay. man. Especially the Swamp Witch okay. sequence. Oh, it's so much better. It's way better than the theatrical. Oh yeah, I want to see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one's great. All right, so that's number twelve. Uh, old school classic. There, visual insanity. The darkness is the ridiculous. When that when you when you look at the darkness, you're like, oh, that's real, and that's walking around. Yeah, like it's insane, man. <laughs> All right, here we go. I don't feel like this movie gets a, a, a lot of love. And maybe one day in the future, Chris, me and you could do a, a review on this uh, on, on my Is It Underrated series. Mm-hmm. But 1981's Dragon Slayer. Ah, Dragon Slayer. Ironically, a Disney movie, actually. Is it, that, dude, uh, it, it's a <laughs> Disney, Disney movies movie. were, were dark in the 80s, bro. Yeah, and it was like <laughs> the first kind of one that was like super dark. And it had like yeah. an action. It was live action. It was a dragon. And one of the things they were promoting so much is like you'll believe dragons are real, like because they made practical effects of the this giant dragon. Yeah. And it it is dark and weird and creepy. It has some of those weird Disney touches too. I'm like, well, I don't know if that even belongs in this movie. I mean, I get that Disney made the movie, but some of the cutesy yeah. stuff may not fly with yeah. the darker and more somber tone of this entire film. It yeah. is. Um, it's a little slow going the movie, but it is right. definitely a uh, it's a classic '80s fantasy film for sure. Yeah, just the visuals of the dragon, yeah. like it's, pr- yep. it's like crazy, Incredible. man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, with uh, which I keep forgetting his name. I call him Vigo, but that's not his name from oh, Ghostbusters v- Two. It's Vigo. <laughs> that actor uh, is like the the protagonist, which is was I wasn't uh, expecting. Is it? Uh, oh, I know who you're talking 2. about. Yeah, yeah, he was like I, the I, minion of Vigo. He was oh like man, the, I, I can't yeah. remember his now. Now I'm blanking too. That was contagious. I know, right? Let me see if uh, they somebody Nicholas. Uh, I want to say they might have it here. Uh, Nicholson, no. damn. No, they don't have his name. I was trying to find it, mm-hmm. but yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> now this next one, yeah, Dragon Slayer is great. This next one, though, this is like a personal. Oh, Peter McNichol, right? Peter McNichol, you got yes. the nickel right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Peter McNichol. This mm-hmm. next one is like one of my favorites of all time. I don't care what anybody says. Right, I don't care. I love it. I got the rep- I got the goddamn sword. Don't make me get up and get the sword. <laughs> I'll get up and get the sword, goddamn it. Hmm. But uh, 1982, Conan the Barbarian. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> I love it, I, dude. I literally just watched it again 
uh, like, uh, I think maybe a week ago, I was sitting there, my wife and I are like, let's watch, uh, you know, oh, this has just showed up on streaming. Let's, let's watch this. And you know what? Yeah. Uh, it is classic Arnold Schwarzenegger. There are yes. some stuff that mm, doesn't hold up uh, in a various ways, <laughs> culturally or, uh, um, you know, production-wise, but it is like one of those movies that is like, it, w- it was a moment in time. Like, we're getting... A fantasy movie with monsters and you know yeah. giant snakes and you know sex and all of these yes. things and it was it was at the time it was hardcore and you know people don't realize this too co screenwriter Oliver Stone yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean that music that score yeah. dude uh-uh, it's still uh-uh. yeah they yes. reused it for the sequel too the same exact score. Yeah, <laughs> it felt like it was the lazier version of it. Yes, you know, like, uh, but man, yeah, Conan Barbarian, love mm-hmm. the sword, love the Valeria character. She was a yeah, badass. she was great. Mm-hmm. She didn't, she didn't need no help. She's like, I'm going in, I'm fucking everybody up. Yeah, yeah. She was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to live forever? Don't get me started on that movie, man. Yeah, really what is good. it? What is it? When the, the, the the iconic scene where you know the enemies are coming at the end, and you have Conan having his moment to where he's praying to Krom, and yes. he's sitting there, and he's just like, if, you know, if you do not listen, to hell with you. I mean, yeah. it's great. I mean, <laughs> it's know, so good. You got James Earl Jones turning into a giant snake that you're never going to see that ever again in anywhere, <laughs> in any universe, <laughs> uh, in any movie anywhere ever. So it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. And still the best Conan the Barbarian movie to this day, still. Well, yeah. oh yeah. Well, I you know the sequel, yeah. um, Conan the Destroyer, was a little more lighthearted. It was I kind of like sillier, I mean, but it, but it I was fun. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, it felt like it was the bloodiest PG movie right? ever. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm like, dude, yeah. And, and uh, do you remember too that after that came out Red Sonja? Um, yeah. But yeah. they didn't. They couldn't get the rights somehow to the Conan character. So. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's in the movie as Conan, but they call him Lord Kalidor instead. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really, I mean, that's the point yeah, was that Conan Red Sonja hung out. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been dope if, if they could yeah. have had him have the name, mm-hmm. you know. What's weird, though, is Red Sonja's been on 4K for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Conan and, and Destroyer, Barbarian and Destroyer, no 4K release. It's weird. Oh, that's weird, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, strange. now that they're, especially now that they're streaming, they should be up I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sumo says uh, Renfe- Renfield from Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> Going back to Nichols. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, love Conan. Uh, let's see here. Now, another childhood favorite. I don't know how people feel about it now, mm-hmm. but uh, 1981's Clash of the Titans. Oh, yeah. Clash of the Titans. You know, a yeah. lot of Greek mythology. We get the famous line, release the Kraken, that is yes. used every yeah. year in some movie somewhere <laughs> since. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, just by drunk teenagers, you know, when they're about to pee. That's, <laughs> you know, it's it's been used many, many times yeah. since the movie. And uh, yeah. uh, really fun. And, you know, a lot of stop motion animation for the monsters, you know, before that was, uh, you know, not really a thing as much anymore, but um, yeah. also, you know, and true to a lot of the myths too, like the Greek myths, it kind of, uh, you know, stayed close to these gods and demigods and monsters. And it's, uh, yeah, it was a really, it's another good one. Again, you know, the remakes, they just don't do it as much for me. Like, you know, there was another one, I'm like, nah, you know, the first one I still kind of like better. I know we're nostalgic for them, but still at the same time, yeah. there was a passion in these old movies that are missing from the remakes, uh, regardless yes. of the production. Uh, value so 
Yeah, yeah. The star power and production value, mm -hmm. and yet they still kind of miss the mark. I mean, I bought them both for like really cheap. Mm -hmm. uh, I've watched them once, Chris. <laughs> like, and sometimes I forget I own them. You know, watch it once. Like, oh yeah, I have those. Uh, but yeah, it's a childhood favorite of mine, man. I used to mm -hmm. watch it on. The, I mean, the Medusa sequence, man. Right. That was great. Mm -hmm. Great music. Uh, this one I need to revisit. It's been so long, but I remember just really amazing puppet work. Take a guess what's next. 1982. Dark, Dark Crystal? Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is your thoughts on Dark Crystal? Dark Crystal was a really interesting movie. Like, I remember even when it, it came out, like, um, the Henson Company was having difficulty marketing it because they thought it would be kind of something cute and fun for the kids. And it wasn't that at all. It was this dark, yeah. morbid story of, like, these two races and a shattered crystal and enslaving yeah. these smaller creatures. And um, it was super dark. Um, it was uh, also, like, a lot of these 80s movies, that the storytelling is a little slower. Uh, but that's okay. It, it's another one that had, like you said, a great puppetry, you know, yeah. kind of a, a great world building. Uh, in fact, you know, that's one thing I'll give Netflix credit for. To do a prequel with the puppets and stuff I thought was really ambitious. You know, they I, I don't know how well it did because they only did one season. But yeah, I felt like of, that world was worth yeah. revisiting. And I thought that was really interesting. But yeah, movie, I, movies uh, is good. I saw the trailer for the Netflix series. And I was like, mm -hmm. this is insane. Like, this looks yeah. amazing. And I heard a lot of people were pissed off and upset that they weren't continuing it with a second season. I'm like, oh, that sucks. Yeah, uh, I would have gone for a second. I would have been there watching. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I don't know why, man. What's going on? I mean, maybe you'll tell me. <laughs> I'm asking you so Chris might nail it for me. What's up with the hate on Willow, man? Oh, my why God. Does, why does everyone hate Willow now? Like, Dude, oh, that movie sucks. That movie's stupid. I, you know I'm what? Like, I got to tell you, I, I'm in the camp that you are that I don't quite get it either. I mean, it is what it is. The Willow, you know, it, it's a classic 80s um, fantasy movie with Ron Howard. And, you know, I, my, my buddy Rick Overton is in it with uh, the, yeah. Pixie, the Brownies and uh, Kevin Pollack. It, it's, it's absolutely, um, you know, classic. And... I felt with the TV show what they that they kind of captured that kind of nostalgic '80s fantasy tone. I mean, was the the show perfect? No, it had it had some uh, some flaws for sure. Right. But uh, the I thought the core of it they got right, and I was like, you know, I don't see how you could have loved the movie and then hated the show. Like you'd have probably have to hate all of it because it's they were pretty closely related as far as like tone and feel. Yeah. Right. Uh, Character-wise, you know, there, there's, uh, I, I actually found the, in the show, the adult characters far more compelling than the um, the younger characters, and it was very, very clear too when they were sword fighting, like the younger actors <laughs> and actresses really yeah. didn't know what they were doing. But you've got these, um, uh, you know, these veteran actors there that clearly have done a lot of stage and weapon craft in their time. Yes. Their battles looked amazing, whereas, you know, you've got the kids that are, like, doing these spins, waiting for the, you know, the <laughs> the enemy to just wait for them to finish their spin before they can stab them. And uh, yeah. so they, it looked a lot less realistic. Uh, but, uh, right. you know, I, I don't – it was another one where I thought, well, it was okay. I, I would still watch another season, but it got me on the nostalgia side of it. I mean, I don't – as far as hating Willow goes, that I don't quite get. I don't, That doesn't seem like the property that you would spend the energy to do that on. <laughs> right. Well – I've, you know, I was I was young when I saw it. I grew up mm -hmm. with it, so I'm really nostalgic for it. Mm -hmm. um, now I have not seen the show. I have heard 
a lot of good things and I heard a lot of bad things about it. Yeah. Now, Ironically, I, both I, things I, may be true at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Now, I can understand maybe people hating the show because maybe it wasn't what they wanted, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But now we have people hating. The, now they, they, they watch the show. That's like their introduction to the show. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, well, we got, now we got to go back and watch the movie. And then they hate the movie. Yeah, it's, I'm like, it's, oh spilled, it's spilled backwards somehow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, look, everybody. Look, all you Willow haters. Mm-hmm. All right. Listen up. And it was all cutting right? edge at the Willow, time. Those. Yeah. Dude, cutting edge. Willow, a great score by James Horner. Mm-hmm. Amazing score. Willow, all right, was our Lord of the Rings for, for the 80s kids. Yes. It was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so just you got to remember, that. too, we didn't get a lot of fantasy <laughs> to choose from. We got one fantasy thing per, you know, every couple of years if we were lucky. Uh, yeah. But but I remember, too, like the, the special effects, like them, you know, turning into yeah. pigs and animals, things like that, like the morphing. Yeah was a new technology that, you know, Ron Howard went up to yeah. Lucas um, and said, look, can you do this for me? And like his engineers and computer technicians and figured out yeah. ways to mix the practical and the computer effects. And it was, you know, they were literally developing it on the fly for that movie. Yeah. And you have at the end, the finale climax, you have two, two old female wizards beating the shit out of each other. What else yes. do you want? Exactly. Like, what you tell them <laughs> face. But I mean, I, you know, I, I, I love Willow. I mean, I get it. Everyone's different, but it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, when you grow up with it, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's different for some other people that are mm-hmm. brand new to it. But yeah, I mean, great sword battles, memorable characters. Yes. Yeah. Memorable villains. Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah. guy with the, I wanted that toy so bad with the skull over it, the guy with the badass sword with the ridges yeah. in it. Oh yeah, my god! Val, I want Val that Kilmer now. Was amazing, yeah. Yeah, Val Kilmer yeah. was so great. Mad Mardigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out yeah, of the sorry, way. He, I know they wanted him to uh, uh, be in the show, just his health, uh, you know, wouldn't yeah. allow it. So, which was kind of a shame. You heard his voice a little bit, which I think they said was kind of a mix of Val Kilmer and his son. Oh, you uh, did. But, that, but that's oh. all, that's all you kind of got. Uh, but just oh. because you know they were the, the, yeah. sadly because of his health. Well, unfortunately, those who enjoyed the actual Willow series, I feel sorry for them because Disney just straight up buried that show. Oh, yeah. They not only they're like, well, no sequel. <laughs> and we're pulling it from our streaming service where it was supposed to be exclusive forever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, like happen, it doesn't Chris. exist. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> the whole point of streaming service is to get a library of the things that we want to see, not to exactly. sell off pieces like a garage sale. So <laughs> Preach it. Preach it. All right, I'm having a blast here. Let's keep it going here. All right. Um, oh, my God. I, I seen this once, and I remember the tree with the boobs. <laughs> now, does that, does that give a hint of what movie I'm talking about there? Uh, the tree, Last the Unicorn? Tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen this once when I was a kid, yeah. and I just remember mm-hmm. the weird tree with boobs. I was like, what is going yeah. on? But I remember uh, another- the animation being pretty Pretty good for back then, 1982. Another insane Rankin-Bass fantasy animation with insane songs, characters, and all sorts of weird shit. And what they did, which was really unusual, and I don't know if anybody ever caught them on it or gave them studio notes, but, like, it would be so... There would be one scene that would be, like, so sickeningly cute or sweet. You were like, all right, well, this movie is for a four-year-old. And then, like, the very next scene would be something dark and disturbing where somebody would, like, get killed by a harpy or something, like, <laughs> awful. Uh, like, And I'm like, oh, my God, what, what is this movie? <laughs> Remember I need that? To re- like, this movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, Last I, Unicorn I, is, is a weird mix of yeah. like um, super sweet sugar and um, really <laughs> off-putting fantasy violence. Yeah. <laughs> and tree boobies. Yeah. yeah, and tree boobs, which was also <laughs> super weird. How that got past the executives, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I wonder how I feel about it now. Uh, this next one, this is not, This I'm not surprised this one's here. This was um, my wife's one of her favorites. Labyrinth, 1986. Oh, yeah. Yeah, loved Labyrinth. I also like that was the kind of movie too that I felt like I wanted to make sure that was intergenerational. I made sure I introduced my kids to that movie, mm. and uh, it, it, you know you you don't realize too like you know when you're a kid watching these movies like what the talent was behind making something like this. Yeah, like not only did you have um, Jim Henson creating with his creature shop and all of these things in the story, you, you know, you've got Jennifer Connelly younger, but also fantastic actress you've got david bowie who's you know gets yeah. to do some songs and act like a crazy goblin king but you also have george lucas was a producer on the film and one of the um monty pythons also wrote the script so you've got all of these amazing talent into this uh um, this project and it really showed through like there's some great scenes where you know she's super arrogant is like well no the labyrinth's been a piece of cake and then i'm like oh god <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh, goblin king goes all right well how about this and then just makes it much harder for her after that and you see everything from like the arrogance of youth to you know growing up and kind of leaving childhood things behind and there's so many themes and great things in that film uh that it's just it's pro- it's one of my go-to classics for sure yeah i wish i uh saw it when i was young believe it or not mm-hmm. i didn't see it when i was young mm-hmm. i remember seeing clips of it like on tv and, and going mm-hmm. what is this movie <laughs> like, I, yeah. mm-hmm. like i didn't know what it was you know yeah uh, but i i guess uh, five billion years ago when me and my wife were hanging out i think she had it on dvd because mm-hmm. she grew up with it yeah and i think that's when she showed it to me she was embarrassed to show it to me because she didn't know how i was going to uh, like, man, there's some bullshit. Maybe some tree boobs in this movie. <laughs> Never know. You know? <laughs> but, but even like the but beginning, like the, the I, creepiness of it, like you know, yeah. the, you, you you have her looking at her baby, you know, her her uh, yeah. the baby, her brother. I'm like, oh, I wish the Goblin King would just take you away. And then it flashes to all these goblins in darkness. Did she say it yet? Yeah. Did she say it yet? I'm like, oh my, wait, what happened? What just happened? Yeah. So it's, it's I, really I was surprised. Good. I was surprised mm-hmm. I enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah. Especially the filmmaking aspect of it. I was just like, wow. There you go. Mm-hmm. Hoggle rules. rules. There you go. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun movie, man. Now, just take a guess what the next one is. You should know. Just throw it at the throw Hail Mary. What number are we at? We are at number four. Never ending story? <clears throat> Give the man a gold star. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was adorable when they brought it back in Stranger Things, the theme song, mm-hmm. until they decided to sing the whole goddamn song. Right, then I know. And I was like, stop it, stop it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, man, I mean, come on. It's never One of my favorite uh, fantasy movies of literally all time, and it's a portal fantasy where, you know, you have, like, somebody from our world interacting with the fantasy world, and what the way it, that it was done while he's yeah. reading the book where he doesn't even know he's, like, engaging and being part of the story... Uh, but the thing that really sold that movie was the darkness underneath. And remember, it was directed by Wolfgang Peterson, who did like Das Boot. So, you know, <laughs> he didn't sugarcoat anything. The loss, right. divorce, all of these things, the darkness of uh, 
Uh, and then at the end, there's like this speech from like this wolf talking about how um, with dreams and darkness, how men are easier to control. I'm like, where, where is this coming from? Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah. It's an existential uh, beatdown of humanity from a, uh, a talking wolf. This is incredible. Yeah. It just the visuals, man. Like, yeah. Look Jesus, incredible. Like, yeah. That's that's a childhood memory. We're just nostalgia, like just watching it young. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And they say they say to here they say the never-ending story often appears on lists of films that scare children. <laughs> due, yeah. Due to mm-hmm. its darker moments, though the film deals with themes of hopelessness and despair eroding creativity, it includes many characters who embody hope and optimism. Of was that uh, among them is Falcor, the luck dragon who believes yes. that good good luck will find those who never give up. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one of my this is this is what this is what I'm talking about. All this big budget AAA animated nonsense that it may be pretty to look at. It might be pretty to look at, but there's no substance. There's nothing to it. I'm talking Secret of Nim, son. Oh, I remember Secret of Nim. Yeah. yeah. Not really a fantasy movie, but yeah, an animated. It was Don, one of Don Bluth's first films. And uh, uh, yeah. I don't know why they changed the title. Like the actual book was called Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. And for whatever yeah. reason, they changed it to Mrs. Brisby and the Rats. And I the never, rats that of, was weird. Rat, yeah, the Rats yeah, of Nim. I'm like, well, what, what? You obviously got the rights. Why would you change yeah. the, the name of the character? But, you know, the yeah. book itself was dark, but the, the movie's a little darker towards the end, but it really yeah. uh, still felt like a, it's definitely a Don Bluth. Um, feel to it for sure. It yeah. feels like you know everything from you know Dragon's Lair from the the uh, yeah. to the uh, other movies that you know he animated. Yeah. So, but it's it's good. Yeah, I don't know it's if I would have put it on that list of fantasy movies. Though. I just gushed because I like the movie. I I'm, now I'm thinking yeah. about it. Like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have been there, but I just kind of gushed. I was like, oh, Secret of Nim because I yeah. like the movie. <laughs> but yeah, it's just movies like Secret of Nim. You're not going to see that in theaters today. No, you're nope. not. Nope. All right. So, oh, really quick, never-ending story sequels. Your thoughts on the sequels? Oh, yeah. You know, here's about the thing that's really interesting about never-ending story is uh, the actual movie. It should have ended. It should have ended. Yes, yeah. The the truth in advertising. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The book is actually um, goes on much further than the events of the first film. Uh, the the first film actually only does the first half of the book, so that you know to have a sequel and do the second half of the book is plausible or feasible. It just it it completely fell flat and it didn't work. I mean, the best way if you're going to do never ending story again, make it a show or a mini series where you could actually go through the way mm. you know the the writer uh, the original yeah. author intended, where you can make like maybe like a ten episode you know ten hours or something where yeah. you could kind of get into everything that was uh, that was going on and kind of tie everything together. But yeah, there was a lot. Um, that was going on, but you know Wolfgang Peterson. I thought he made the perfect movie. You never even thought that you were missing anything from the book. But when I read the book, I found that interesting. That there's a whole second half yeah. that uh, they tried to film uh, yeah. poorly and unsuccessfully. But uh, I think there's <laughs> there's there's ways to go back and do that right. Right, right. And I, I remember coming across some people that they were like, "Oh my God, Neverending Story two is." The worst. It's a trash. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen. I was like, but have you seen the third one? <laughs> and they were like, there's a third one? I was like, yeah. the third one makes the second one look like a masterpiece. Wow. Yeah, that's how bad the third one is. Um, let's see here. Um, next up. Uh, I don't know about this one, man. 
I don't know about this one. Let's let's have fun and let's replace Secret of Nim with Beastmaster. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this next yeah. one, I think we should replace it, but for some reason they have the little mermaid on here. Yeah, no. Yeah, this is kind of weird. Like, <laughs> uh, all right, uh, pick something random. I don't know if you want to put crawl there. I don't know. Pick yeah, crawl would make more sense. Yeah. What, what? What should we? What should we replace? Take that out, Little Mermaid, for something. We could do crawl because crawl was a giant fantasy movie in the eighties. Yeah. It was a, yeah. tr- a giant flop, uh, and right. it's cost the studio millions and millions of dollars, but. Yeah. It was a fantasy movie that had a couple of these weird science fiction elements that people didn't really love and uh, had some dark moments to it. But ultimately, it was um, great. You know, a lot of money spent on production design and special effects with a really cheesy story that went nowhere. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it's a swing and a miss, I'm, but still uh, yeah. f- uh, fun for nostalgia yeah. to kind of see. Yeah. And then you could see like a fun young with it. Liam Neeson and um, I think Robbie Coltrane are both in the movie. I'm like, wait, yeah. wait what are they doing in here? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so it's fun yeah. to watch from that perspective, too. That's it. We just replaced Little Mermaid with Krull because we're gangsters <laughs> like that. Yep. Deal, deal with it. <laughs> All right. The last one? Buy a glaive. I love... <laughs> buy, oh, I would buy a glaive. Uh, I love this movie to death. Again, my parents took me to see this in the theater. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what the hell is this movie? I love this movie to death. It is up to you if you feel that it deserves to be here. Number one, 1987, The Princess Bride. Yes, it's definitely a fantasy movie. It's got all the tropes, princesses, black knights, and monsters, uh, giants. Absolutely. And here's the thing that I, I really love about this movie. It's difficult to do fantasy uh, and comedy together and make it mesh well, uh, but they really, the filmmakers and the actors, they all understood that we're basically telling a fairy tale for children and adults, and uh, they leaned into it, and it was just a really fun, um, fun movie. So yeah, it's definitely, yeah. It, it's a classic for sure. And what was the, I think one of the things that made me laugh out loud, they were in the swamp and they were like worried about the uh, the things that were in the swamp, and then what was the thing they said, uh, uh, are were the R O U uh, uh, S's? With, oh, the R O U S's, the rats of unusual size. I don't think they exist, and then he, they jump them. So really fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole movie is like the bit of despair. Yeah. <laughs> don't even think about going down there. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so funny. Like, yeah. Inconceivable. You can quote yeah. the whole movie. Billy Crystal with a nice cameo. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have fun storming the castle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was fun. That was fun to go awesome. down memory lane. But mm-hmm. it was the 80s, so you know there's like probably hundreds more that we didn't mention. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we're thinking, you know, we have stuff. Foreign, foreign cinema, too. They had their yeah. fantasy mm-hmm. fun films. Uh, but now, now it is time, yes, to talk about long ago and far away again one of my favorite reads fantasy comedy reads i highly recommend you guys check it out and pick up a coffee you will not be disappointed and uh mine's autographed so suck it yes <laughs> yeah i will autograph anybody who buys I'm one more, so yes I, no chris <laughs> only me i am more important <laughs> True, no. true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, let's, for those that are brand new and have not come across uh, this book, uh, tell everybody the, the basic plot synopsis and then we can uh, 
talk about the Kickstarter, brother. Absolutely. Well, as everyone knows, you know, we're kind of still stuck in the 80s. So it's like a lot of 80s fantasy buddy movie comedies kind of, you know, uh, influence this. And I always wanted to make a story about like, what if it was like, um, instead of like British school children that went through the wardrobe to the fantasy world, what if it was like a bunch of asshole 30 year olds who would go into a fantasy world and just like make things worse? So, uh, um, so I always felt it was like kind of like a clerks meets Game of Thrones kind of thing for uh, yeah. long going far away and how somebody could regain their lost vision of like their inner child and their childhood and then but still become a hero. Like if you peek at 13 and save a kingdom, you're at 30 and therapy and running a comic book store. What what's going to happen you know, now? And then when he, they have to go back in that world again, he has to find his footing as a as a hero again. Um, so that came out a couple of years ago. You could get that either uh, digitally, like on Amazon and a lot of other places, but you can also get it signed at uh, whitegetentertainment.com. But I'll Preston, I'll allow it. Yeah. I'll allow it. <laughs> but Preston, as you know, today is the first day of the new Kickstarter for That's the right. uh, the sequel. So I wanted to get on here first, first day. You know, get get over here. The fat samurai guy. You know, he's going to plug. So let's uh, let's get it going. Uh, yeah. But uh, the sequel. Um, goes through like a couple more of those themes of like adulting and uh, childhood and uh, because of uh, um, Jason's indiscretions with the witch queen he now um, has a son but since time passed differently in Elvenwood that son is now 20 years older than him and uh, meets him at a comic con into his hotel room and tries to kill him with the sword because he's mad at being abandoned Uh, so Jason then has to go back into the world uh, because also he kind of pissed off all the necromancers up north. So now they're laying waste to Elvenwood with raising the dead as they go. So it's a, a great fun story with swords, sorcery, undead, necromancers, and uh, poor parenting all uh, kind of combined. <laughs> I mean, what else do you want? Yeah. What else do you want here, man? I mean, come on. Oh, man. But look, we already got some backers going already. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah. Right. Day That's one. Right. So we're off to a good start. But but yeah. we need you, listeners That's and right. uh, watchers. So go to um, kickstarter.com, long going far away too, Son of Elvenwood. Please pledge now. If you missed the first one, no problem. There's actual tiers. There's catch-up tiers where you could get volume one and volume two together so you won't miss anything. Or if you can't wait, you could just buy it from the store and then do the Kickstarter for just the second book. But any way that makes sense to you, you can get the whole story. And uh, if you pledge, and the quicker you pledge, the higher that number can go up. And I can relax if we get uh, closer to the goal. So uh, uh, earlier is better. Yes, and I did put the link to the Kickstarter in the description box below of this video, guys. So just look down, boom. Click on it. uh, Show some love. Show some support. Get it out there because we need more. Uh, we need more comedy in our lives. We need more adventure and fantasy in our lives. We do. And I'm telling you, that first book delivered, so mm-hmm. I cannot wait. I'm excited yeah. for the second one here, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and I uh, wanted to tell you, your your favorite character, Lord Montalban, the Black Knight, you know, yes. he's, he's not in the promo stuff, but he is figured prominently in the sequel. In the yes. Book sure. <laughs> yes. That's my guy. That's my guy right there, man. Yeah, I love that guy. Oh, my goodness. All right. Let's take a look at this stuff right here. And, uh, let me scroll down here. Now, over here on the right, is this the uh, the perks? Yeah, that's the reward. So you could just, if you want the book digital or if you want it uh, hard copy, uh, and then you, there's packages after that. So, you know, it's really oh, only nice. 10 bucks if you just want uh, the digital and then 20 plus shipping for uh, uh, the book. Nice. So you get it digitally. Look at that. You get a signed physical book. Look mm-hmm. at that. You get it signed because I've allowed it. 
Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Endorsed yeah, by that, fam- that fat samurai guy. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Digital. And this is the catch-up tier you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Look at that, guys. All you need to get caught up with the story, get Son of Elvenwood Part 1 along with the Long Ago and Far Away Volume 1 as digital PDF files. Look at that. You can't beat that. You can't beat that. Two copies of the signed physical book. Yep. Some people want to give one as a gift. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a little discount if you want to. Yeah. Early bird physical book catch-up tier. Mm-hmm. Look at that. There's still nice. 20 left out of 25 on those. So five already went for day one, but that'll save you five bucks if you do that now. There's only uh, 20 of those. Nice, nice. And the physical book catch-up tier here. That's the regular price, yeah. Nice, nice. And White Cat physical book pack. Yes. Yeah, that's where that. you get, get all uh, three. Yep, you get Rise of the Kung Fu Dragon Master, Long Gone Far Away, and the new book. So you get uh, you get everything together. Nice. Perfect. And this is the big one here. All the Mancini slash Pinto books digitally. Look at that. Yep. You get that everything. includes all the stuff Fernando Pinto and I did together and some of the stuff he did on his own. So it's like over 500 pages of digital content you get for that uh, tier. Look at that. That is amazing. And then Definitely. if you want physical copies, same thing. Than this yeah, one. yeah. Nice. Vendor tier? What's this one? If somebody has a store and they just want to buy 10 books, oh, then, uh, then nice. they can resell them in their store. Nice. Oh, we get a VIP Elvenwood royalty reward. Look at that. Yep, you get your name in the book on the uh, on a plaque inside the Obsidian uh, Dragon Tavern, and then also on a uh, a regular page. We're going to have a separate page just for all the backers that do the uh, the Elvenwood royalty. Now that's amazing. That is amazing. Yes, yes, definitely worth the price of admission. <laughs> yeah. for sure even though it's not a movie but it's a book yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah and only ten dollars guys yeah definitely show some support this artwork is always fun and amazing yeah yeah if you want if you're if you're having a bad day i'm telling you you got to read this first book <laughs> you got to read yeah. the book you will laugh you will have a blast and you will want more and now you have an opportunity an extremely rare opportunity to get more so you guys know what you need to do that's right. Click on that Kickstarter and get it going here. Yes, yes. And, you know, with Kickstarter, too, we can't get it made without you guys. So you are definitely a very critical part of the process. So Yes. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's why we always really love the support and help, because that's the only way we can get these done. Yes, yes. Copy that. Uh, without spoiling too much, can you talk a little bit about this panel right here? Yes, that kind of happens at the end of the first one, which kind of sets up the second story right. where they're, they're at Comic-Con and there's a knock on the hotel room door and uh, it's Lord Stone, who is uh, Jason's son, and he starts just sword fighting and it's like, uh, oh, um, and you told me I shouldn't bring a sword to a comic book convention. I'm like, oh, gee, you proved me wrong. Well done. <laughs> so, so he's fight- they're literally fighting in the hotel room and he says, well, don't you recognize me, father? And right. uh, what happened is that since he pissed off all the necromancers, the only way to keep him safe was Nexus, his, his mother, the Witch Queen, sent him to Jason's world because to protect him from because of the entire <laughs> sect of necromancers is coming after him. So, but then they don't stay. Obviously, they have to kind of make things right and go back to uh, the fantasy world. There you go. There you go, guys. Little taste. I just wanted to hear him talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit more. But yeah, I love this artwork, man. This is great. Look at all this stuff. Amazing. Yeah, there's, Fernando Pinto is fantastic. He's really, really good. There she yeah. is. 
And we also got some <laughs> other great people on the team, too. We've got Troy Petrie, who's been working for DC and Marvel as the letterer. And yeah. then we, all, we just added Heather Antos, uh, who is an editor from IDW. She does all the Star Trek and Star Wars books. Oh, she, she, she came on board to uh, edit the book. So we've got nice. a lot of like really um, great people working on it. So like, you won't be disappointed. Nice. I love this shot right here. This yeah. is great. That's exciting. <laughs> love it. I love new, it. Yeah, new outfits. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let the adventure begin. <laughs> yes, let's do this. Or continue. Or continue. Yeah. And only you guys watch it right now. Only you can make it happen. That's right. So we can continue the saga. That's right. Yes. Uh, here we go. Some more recap of the perks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you just want to see. Now, what's going on here? What's, what's going on here? These are some add-ons of my other books. Like, some of the people are still, like, you know, the Remember Comedy Film Nerds. So I have uh, the Comedy Film Nerds Guide to Movies and my parenting book. Every once in a while, people add that on there. That's from uh, Simon & Schuster, Pacify Me Handbook for the Freaked Out New Dad, because obviously <laughs> I get very nerdy in that book with my sci-fi and fantasy references. So uh, <laughs> and, and, and what's, what's great about Kickstarter now is people can just add, yeah. like, whatever they want now. I'm like, oh, well, I miss this. I don't, I don't want this. I want this. You could kind of pick and choose your checkout now, so, which, which is really nice. So people nice. can really get the pledge customized to what they yeah. want. Nice, yeah. And we got them stretch goals, yes. Yeah, we get some nice, we get a pinup gallery and some nice stuff kind of planned if we can, uh, if we can get to some of these numbers. Yeah, 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 for sure. There we go. And this uh, is just shipping everywhere. Like if somebody from the UK wants to buy it, it is shipping everywhere. Just I, I will warn people: the um, the international shipping is expensive, because, just because it it is expensive. There's nothing we could really do about that. But yeah, uh, yeah. it is it is available. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Yeah, man. I am excited. That's right, everybody. We got to get it going. We got to make it happen. That's right. Share it. If you can't support it, share the link. Share the Kickstarter link or share this video, but share this Kickstarter link. Get it out there for comic book lovers out there. Yeah. Let them know about it. Share it. Every little bit helps. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I think we got a backer while we were talking. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it, it was 32. I think it went up to 33. That's oh, shit. Awesome. <laughs> wow, look at that. <laughs> nice. Nice job, nice. everybody. Keep it going. Hey, hey, all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Back, back yeah. with me still on the show. That, dude, like, makes me feel even better. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Support it. Get it out there. And share it. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I'm excited, Chris. I'm excited. So am I. I, can't I, wait, man. Yeah, man. I wrote the entire thing out because I can't really write the chapters as much as like uh, I'm kind of trained as really writing screenplays and yeah. uh, and shows. So I literally wrote the entire volume two out, but I'm cutting it up to in three sections just to make it easier to raise money and make for. But it's going to be all in uh, probably about 220 pages, volume two, when after. Yeah, after, after all three volumes are kind of put together, or all three parts are cut together for volume two. But, yeah. but you know, the first, that we're breaking it up probably into about 80, uh, 80 90 page chunks. So it's a, it's a hefty graphic novel. You know, the, each, each section will be uh, a lot of pages. Nice, nice. Yeah, man, I'm excited. That's right. Sorcery, swords, action, comedy, fantasy, adventure, beautiful women, and guys that look like me. <laughs> normal yes. slubs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep but uh yeah it's got everything again mm-hmm. samurai guy doesn't steer you guys wrong i'm being honest mm-hmm. i am being honest i absolutely adored this first book i sat there and i didn't even get up i didn't even put it down 
Yeah, awesome. I just kept reading. I turned on the light, and I'm like, oh, I was like, I read a few pages. Yeah. I get it started. Nope. <laughs> kept reading it. So we need to see how the saga's gonna end, and only you yes. guys can make it happen, baby. That's right. Click on the Kickstarter link in the description box below. Make sure you you follow my boy. That's right on Instagram and all that good stuff. White Cat Entertainment, baby. That's yes. right. Follow that. Follow um, and your pl- plug your podcast too, my friend. Yeah, get it out. What's your podcast again? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can uh, see everything at whitecatentertainment.com, including the podcast. I have a, a couple of them right now. A narrative one. I have conversations from the abyss, which is a, uh, a, a kind of a Twilight Zoney uh, twenty-minute creepy, weird conversations that I've called a bunch of like my comedian and actor friends from like um, you know Legend of Korra and Drunk History and the, and Aisha Tyler does one. So we've got like some. Fun, oh, really wow. good names and, and yeah. it's really good but they're short they're like 20 minutes long and yeah. then I always say that's like I'm telling you stories to keep you awake and stories to help you sleep and the other one is uh, The Quiet Journeys of Professor Atwood which is something to help people with insomnia and also anxiety it's a storytelling podcast about a professor that goes on these adventures but it has a bed of um, music and sound effects to kind of help you just kind of take the temperature down and help you kind of fall off to a, uh, a sleep fall asleep so those, those are trying to help people and also i love telling stories so it was a, a no-brainer for me and uh, that one's been going pretty well too any amsr or um, it's it's style. not it's it's more like <laughs> yeah I, I, it's more like soundscapey kind of things where it's just like you know you hear like you're in space or you're like under the ocean yeah. and that's where yeah, the professor's yeah, yeah, going yeah. but uh i it's more i go in for go for the more hypnotic <laughs> yeah kind of like yeah. subtly that way well, yeah. shit, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to listen to that you know, and it's a compliment if you say, I fell asleep listening to your podcast. That actually is a positive. <laughs> yeah, that means it worked. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, man. Hey, it was an honor to have you here, brother. Always great, great coming here. Thanks for Appreciate having me on that. launch day. It was great. Yeah, we launched mm-hmm. it right here on the channel. Mm-hmm. We kicked it off, baby. And as you saw, people are already backing. Already there. The awesome. <laughs> They're already backing it. So we've got to keep doing it. Get it out there. That's right. Share the link. If you can't support, share it. Get that Kickstarter link out there. That's right. We got to make it happen. We got to see the rest of the story. That's right. Because it'll be well worth it. Trust me. All right. <laughs> Chris, don't go anywhere. But all you badasses, keep watching your fantasy movies and reading your comics. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Take care, guys. Little Mermaid.